Ho ho ho! Now, little Timmy, I know you've been very good boy this year. So, what would you like for Christmas? Aunt the dinosaur tower. Well, those towers are quite hard to get a hold of, Timmy. Is there anything else you might like? I'll a red ring roller go. I'll look into that tower for you. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Rawcast, our season 10, episode 6, our this episode, as you've just heard uh, in the pre-match intro there, or the pre-show intro, um, this is, I like to call this show, the Connor Payne Connor Show. It's that kind of that kind of week, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Dave Stewart, I am your host today, uh, and joining me today, and but an important man, it's Danny Butts, how you going mate? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Right, good to hear you smashed a, a can of mother. Just pre-show stuff, ready to go. Been doing that a lot lately, especially on <laughs> Saturday night, our uh, Saturday afternoons and Friday nights. <laughs> yeah, well, just as, yeah. Well, you kind of need it. It needs some sort of yeah. something to keep you awake. <laughs> yeah, no dose or some sort of caffeine just to keep you through ninety minutes of football at the moment. Let's uh, let's have a chat about the football. Let's I, I'd say we'd start with the most successful team, but sadly there's only one point between two teams. So we'll start with the team with that single point over the year. Side played Western United down at Geelong. Western United got the one goal. Connor Payne in the 50th minute. Brisbane Raw at zero with their first shot on target after the 50th minute, if you'd believe it. Uh, in front of a huge sellout crowd of 2,845 people, the uh, AFL-styled venue. Bookings to Josh Risden, the only one um, bucking the trend of, of multiple bookings that the um, uh, that the, the seems to have taken on this week, but uh, we'll come to that later on. <laughs> ben, this was... Um, we we actually watched this game at the same time. We we're at the same venue watching this game. Um, pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, we should disclaimer. Uh, this is probably redundant on the raw cast, but critique of something like this does not necessarily mean that we've suddenly abandoned the raw and we hate them. Okay, so if this gets a little brutal, it doesn't mean we're like shit supporters. I mean, we are shit we supporters, care. but that doesn't mean <laughs> we're shit supporters. It means we care. Right? right, it means we yeah. care. We attack with what love. Thoughts, what, <laughs> what were your thoughts on the game? What was, uh, what are the pros? What are the cons? What what was? What do you take out of a match like that? Oh my anything? god, it was it was dire, wasn't it? Like, I, I'm trying to. I rewatched this just before, and the reason I did that was, I mean, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess, but also like I didn't just want to come in here and just say we're crap and then just shrug my shoulders and move on, like in a hissy fit. I really wanted to like try and explain to people why I think it's bad. And it's not just like, oh, it's early season. We'll get better. Or don't worry. We're just starting to gel. I, I don't see those problems in the team. The problems I see are so like fundamental football. So things, so I'm, I'm reading through my notes and I've got recurring themes. So one of them's like, we don't know how to mark. 
as soon as a team attacks us and makes runs in different directions, everyone looks at each other and doesn't track players. The goal was because we didn't track a player. They had two or three chances before that that were exactly the same play by Western United, and we didn't mark. It's the same going forward. We don't make runs, and when we make runs, it's just one person who goes, oh, shit, I better make a run. There's no, like, oh, if he goes there, he makes the space here, and I go into there, and then I can get the ball. There's no, like, coordination like that. Yeah. And we also then get caught out. um, One of the most significant ones was we changed formation, which had a fairly significant... Like, the core of the starting 11 was the same, but the small changes we make totally change the makeup of the lineup. Did you notice that? To be honest, I was half asleep during most of the game, so I did miss that. I'm glad you watched it back again because I think it's something I would have had to have actually sat down and focused on for 90 minutes to do. What was the what was the change that you saw? So the main thing we did, we, we changed to a back four. So we lost that whole shape of wingbacks because what we were finding a lot is we were pumping long balls and we were getting like Ivanovic or Lescano or... Uh, Milayuznic or or Akbari, and they would sort of they keep like checking in because they all like running at the goal, and they were doing that, and there was no like wing back play because the lineup didn't no width build it anymore. Yeah, there was yeah. some plays where like Corey Brown and Kai Truen, who was playing as right fullback, which I I don't he, he's not a right fullback, okay? Like he just looks so out of place the whole game. Surprised they didn't put Neville out there then. Like, okay, Trowan and uh, Milarich kind of in that middle yep. is where they've, they're used to playing, and then you have Neville out the wide. Because Neville, Neville has played there regularly. He's good yep. at getting up and down the thing. Yeah, okay, he might be more of a, for lack of a better term, an inverted fullback, <laughs> you know, kind of stays, stays a bit tighter in the middle, but he's used to getting up and down. He's yep. done it before. Or, and or Brindle yeah, South is weird. on the bench. Like, he's a right back, throwing through. Throw, yep. Like what? Yeah, he I, is. I don't get it. And um, yeah, you start making changes like that. They're subtle, but they change the whole shape. And so what that did was then upset the Jesse Daly O'Shea combo in the middle because they normally have like an extra midfielder sort of sitting in the hole while the wing backs go up. But those two guys were left in like oodles of space because they had to cover the whole back all the way to the back line and then all the way to the front line because we were playing like a four. Four two with like really two high wingers and two strikers, so it left a lot more work for the two middle guys, and they had no cohesion and no control of the middle of the park all game long. And half of the Western United strategy is for their wide men to cut in and for their their, their central guys to to peel out. That's Diamante to a T. He starts central and he peels out, and we just didn't know how to track that with all this open space that we're not used to playing at. The formation change crushed us. Do you think... Um, do you think... Obviously, we played a fairly... Uh, I suppose, from a central midfield point of view, we had Yakbari, Yadalia, J.S.A. Obviously, J.S.A. is the senior head in that group. Do you think we would have been better off if we started with a... the Steinman instead of Jesse Daly? I know Steinman's bench... A couple of times lately, I've... he's a decent squatty kind of player. In the same way that like Corey Brown's a decent squatty, and for a long time we didn't really <laughs> like Corey Brown at the fullback. Hey, and I've, he kind of hey hey, 
you're picking on my two favourite guys that like to shit house their way through games and and just kick and 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 cause cause all sorts of shits and giggles. Jesse Daly is fantastic just for niggles, but I don't. I agree, he's not a starting player. He's a he's a squad player. Corey yeah. Brown though, no, he he's a starting left back. We don't. Yeah, now he is right. For years yeah. though, we we hated him. He was he was a liability, and he grew into it. And Jesse Daly's starting that curve. Don't say we. I was never on that bandwagon. <laughs> I, was, I was always like, give the kid a chance. He's awesome. I was gutted when he went to victory, when he came back to Brisbane. But I agree, there were a lot of people that were in that camp. I, I understand what you're saying. There was a lot so of people in that camp. you give Daly a few more years, right? And he's probably matured a bit, and he might be a bit more, bit, bit stronger on the ball, and he's probably a bit more like experienced and calm, and he'd be all right. But while we've got Matty Steinman... Can't fathom why we don't use him unless he's injured. Yeah, there's got to be something that's going on there. Something tactically, something that uh, Moon's not seeing that we're see- not seeing on game day that he's seen in training that just doesn't doesn't sit right. It's uh, who knows what it is, but um, I tend mm. to agree. Matty Stein, I, I think would just create that bit of stability in that midfield. He's he's a good solid holding midfield. He'd also release Jay O'Shea a bit more. Yes, he'd let Jay yes. O'Shea get forward a bit more. Um, and I know we last year we had we had the typical Akbari off J- Jesse Daly on sort of movement in the midfield, and we made a joke about it always being the substitute. But it's the substitute for a reason. Maybe that was always the the changeover because yeah, it allowed Jay to do his job as best he can further up the pitch. Instead, we've got him kind of holding that position a bit more because uh, it's just, you just mm. don't have that that sort of balance. Um, can I lead him with a stat? I always lead him with a stat. Yeah, so so in the first 10 minutes, I'm looking at we had 65% possession and I was watching for our first successful pass forward in the attacking third, right? That you would expect a midfielder or an attacking defender to play forward. Zero in the first 10 minutes. Our first one was about 14 minutes in. This is yeah, six... an attacking pass forward. Yeah, so in the final third. So all of our passes oh, okay. beyond halfway were long punts or they weren't successful. <laughs> like, I was how do you say, know... how we get it up there for kind of a forward pass? But yeah, in that no, final yeah, third. Yeah, so it, where, you're, where you're expecting your transitional players, your midfielders, your wide fullbacks, your attacking center backs, or a attacking player dropping in to play make. That transition play did not exist for the first 15 minutes of the game while we had 65, 70% of the possession. That's the problem here. We, we've got no like, cohesion in how we're trying to do things. No plan. And that leads Isn't into... No plan is fairly... <laughs> yeah. Uh, that just leads into the, the shot stat you've got on the run sheet here. Did you want to... I think you plucked that out. Uh, yeah, well, our first shot was on about 65 minutes, or first shot on target, I should say, was at about 65 minutes. And I thought we had a second shot on target at uh, four minutes past, um, uh, four minutes into the injury time, but it turns out it wasn't on target because we only had one shot on target all game. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty dire, really, when it comes to any sort of yeah. stats. Actually, just on that, Western United had 44% of the ball, about 19 shots at goal. We had 56% with eight shots. That's not on target. That's just shots. We so we were just really inefficient in using it. 
Um, it's really quite poor. Um, just before we go any further, I should welcome into the show uh, Ben Clark, who of course has joined us partway through. Hello. Today. Welcome, Ben. Hello, hello. Uh, what, your, you um, know. what were your immediate thoughts on the game, mate? Um, more of the same, really, wasn't it? Um, I feel like we're going to be, you know, broken. We're all going to be broken records, uh, you know, this year. Just like our team's going to be breaking records for least amount of X. Um, yeah, yeah. I just no creativity, as that stat really uh, illustrated. Um, you know, no ability to finish the very few chances that we do create. Like just. Yeah, it's just going to be, unless things change in the transfer window, um, I can't really, yeah, see much changing or unless, you know, we get a whole lot of an internal development real fucking quick. Was there anything anything in particular in the game that you, you really did see as a, a turning point, maybe, I don't know, just after the hour mark or anything like that? I know that you're trying to bait me for a specific response, but <laughs> I give a very non-specific response. Um, once again, all I fucking saw, and it stood out like dog's balls again, was just defenders being attracted to the ball like moths to a fucking flame. Like, you know, just leaving men open of the opposition and just, yeah, no tactical or... Um, you know, structural cohesion whatsoever. And, and like, that's down to coaching. I'm sorry, it is. Like, Warren's a great coach. We were advocating for him for a while before he got the job. Like, but that's that's a coaching thing at this point. Like, early, early, early doors, like first week or two, you can excuse that as a bit of a, you know, are there, you know, a, there's a fair bit of new new players in there, you know. Um, but at this point, if that hasn't been identified and stamped out, that's a coaching thing. So, Well, just on that, and I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought up, because I mean, one of the notes I've got on the run sheet here, which I've put on, I wanted to quickly discuss. Off the back of this, and I'm not saying this is something that the club should do now, but safe. it seems like he's recruited a fairly limited side for this level of football. Maybe an excellent NPL side, Aside that's maybe fairly limited here, we've got players with some experience in the likes of Ivanovic really coming out of the shadows of what he had at Sydney. Um, Miliusnic, who you know, had had a reasonable sort of couple of years at Adelaide. Um, and obviously, just looking at the side at the moment, you know, we obviously know O'Shea is good enough to do the job. We know Neville is good enough to do the job. Corey Brown is good enough to do the job. Has a good year all year. But then you've got players like Freck, who, or Freck, who's Full run. Okay, fine. He he actually played quite well in this game, I thought. Yep. Out of anyone, so I'm not going to put you know put the target on him. But you could probably say Lascano's not really done much so far this year. Um, Daly is again probably one of those second division players, a player that could really thrive in the second division um, as a starting player, but maybe struggles at the A League level at this stage. Yep. Um, Akbari, who's still probably breaking out of that. He's still young as well, as a yeah. starting player. Um, as it's brought on, uh, definitely all still diamonds should be starting, as we mentioned beforehand. But um, players that are good or 
you know, all right at this level, but definitely, you know, MPL quality players that kill that, you know, do a good job there. It, there's no, there's nothing there that says, wow, that player is awesome. That player could take the league by storm. No one that kind of, you know, you can say, you put him on a billboard and say, that's the guy you want to go see, pay money for. He's the person you want to go, you know, you know get your hard earned and, and pay it to the ticket office and then walk in to watch him play. There's nothing there in that regards. Um, no. Like, the, like so there's, would, there's would just... Would you say Moon, I was going to say, would, has Moon failed in that regards? Well, I would say yes, but with a caveat, you know, what opportunity did he have to recruit a different side? You know, like, was he told, essentially, recruit a young and NPL, largely NPL-based squad um, to go with the, you know, very few experienced players that we still have? You know, was that the remit that he had with the budgets that he was given. Like, these are all things that we can't know, but I feel like they're a big, you know, uh, asterisk next to, oh, this is Warren Moon's squad and blah, blah, blah. He did all the recruiting. Like, yeah, that's true. But, you know, what, what were the budgets? What was the instructions that he was given by the higher ups when recruiting that squad and we and we can't know that and i think the very limited you know international talent that we have recruited you know obviously lescano just kind of looks like you know um oh, what's his name the the shit japanese player that we had Ashi, i don't know kudo you can't say that yeah. he's already played more than kudo <laughs> Look, that's, that's true, but, but, he, but he's shown about as much as Kudo did. And, I don't know. Uh, like, honestly, I actually didn't mind Lascano in this game. I, I get it. Like, he's up front. It, like, you know when Demi went up front and we're like, he just doesn't get any ball, so we can't really even tell if he's good enough? Yeah, yeah. I feel yeah. like Lascano kind of fell into the same sort of trap. He He looks pretty decent with his feet and he's strong enough, but... We gave yeah, him but... zero service. I'd like to see him in a better attacking game. And I suppose this is, where, this is where the Warren Moon question comes into play. He's yeah. He should be setting up the team. Regardless who the players are, you know, the quality of the players, the players should be set up need to want to get the ball. If they want the striker to get the ball, if they want the wingers to get the ball, they need to feed them so that yeah. if you've got a striker that you're expecting to score goals, that striker has the opportunity to score goals. It's all well and good for them to be up the top there and be in a position to score goals. If you can't get the ball to them, it means jack shit. So that's I right. I, I think Lascano needs needs a bit of time in that regards. But is Warren Moon really kind of failing to set the side up uh, to support that? How he's? How well, I can't the, understand any of his tactical choices anymore. I think he's. He already it's like four games in and he already looks like he's scrambling. He's moving players around, playing them in roles that I don't think they suit. He he changes yeah, players around I, and doesn't let them settle. Like Demi's gone. Like he's crushed his confidence the way he threw him in the deep end and then ditched him out of the squad instantly. Like that's I, confidence I, killer. I, I also think though that, you know, we could have fucking, you know, the best striker in the league up the top at the moment, it wouldn't make a lick of difference. Like, you know, it, 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 yes, 
yes, there's like the, the the issues are manifold because yes, like Warren Moon is just essentially, like you say, scrambling tactically, but at the moment what choice does he have? Nothing, like the players aren't doing the jobs that he would expect them to do. So, you know, the players that he's recruited to do specific jobs either aren't good enough to do those jobs, you know, both in defence, you know, and midfield, which means that the attackers he's got, he doesn't even have a chance to assess whether they're good enough because they don't get enough ball to, you know, show whether they are capable at this level or not like it's it's really just like it it is real struggle street until we actually you know hit a team that we actually where things actually fire on all cylinders you know and god knows when that's going to be looking at our going to be like central coast one on the weekend newcastle jets look like one of the most exciting teams in the comp they're the sort of teams that historically we would have been like that's a chance to flex our muscles, but geez, they're going to kill uh, real, us. This realistically, season. realistically, our best chance to get any sort of result before Christmas is the FFA Cup game. Yep, <laughs> which is which we'll touch on a bit later on, but that's our best chance at a result of anything because and that's we're playing a side. Actually, no, I I'll, I'll throw Perth in there at home because that's coming up next. We'll come to that shortly, but. Although they got a big win against Victory the week after we got smashed by them, I haven't been super duper impressed by Glory. Um, they've always got their own troubles as well in terms of you know movement around the country, but um, and also lots of injuries and unavailabilities and things. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come to that. We'll come to that in just a quick second. I'll um, yeah. I'll I'll round this one off though just by kind of reiterating that we are in twelfth place. We have four wins, sorry, four games on the board, not four wins, that's optimistic. Um, four games with one draw, three losses, a singular goal, which we scored in the very first game, six goals against, one point on the board. Not even... Now, now que- 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 yeah. question marks to, to go with that little, you know, stat, which is usually a round-off stat. Are we going to get four wins all season? It's a very specific number you're chasing there. Well, how many, out of, how many times four, do we play with, Sydney? Just with Dave's <laughs> little slip up in words, just with Dave's little <laughs> slip up in words there, are we going to get four wins all year? Yeah, that's my vote, yes. Yes, Dave? Uh, to be confirmed. <laughs> Define, do, are, are you talking specifically about the league? Because we technically yeah, yeah, have so two already. The, so, yeah, so in the league, are we going to get, you know, Four wins, however many draws, and you know, I'm going to say ball. yes. We will, we will get. If we just focus on the wins, I think we will get four wins okay. worth of points. Worth of points. Uh, I, I'm going to go with no. <laughs> um, you didn't hear my caveat. What was I missed my caveat. caveat? I said four wins worth of points. <laughs> We're going to draw our way to twelve. <laughs> Three wins, three draws. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, look, the fact that we're all talking this way and really can't see where the next win's going to come from or at point is a pretty damning indictment. Like, it, oh, like... I, I, I think it's fair to say not even Nick Olsen can save us now.
Complete facts. Hey there, listeners. It's Yeshiba here. Thanks for that intro there, Mr. Danny Butts and Dave. Come on, listeners. I might not be here in person this week, but you didn't think there was no Q8 fact this week. When Nicholson is around in a Brisbane Raw team, there's a Q8 fact. All right, for this week. This week's Q8 fact is a little bit open to interpretation, depending on how you look at it in terms of a, what is a country and also water sources, but Kuwait is quite possibly one of the few or only countries in the world that does not have a natural water source. So they don't have any permanent rivers or lakes. Groundwater is the only source of water naturally in the country. Uh, it is Kuwait is one of the nine highest risk countries that face extreme high water risk by 2040. They only have a long-term average rainfall of 121 mils per annum. That's quite low. And high evaporation rates and quite deficient soil moisture really don't help that situation. Uh, Kuwait does rely on a inflow of 20 million mils annually in lateral underflow from Saudi Arabia. So Saudi Arabia, their water source and their water usage would be in quite severe issues. As you can see, it's a bit difficult in terms of determining their whether, you know, if they are the only country, but all the re resources pretty much confirm that. There will be a linking Kuwait fact to that the next time Nick Olsen is around. So as long as Nick Olsen doesn't start getting mutual with Brisbane Raw, then you will hear that there. All right, I'm going to let you t all listeners get back to the lovely undertones of Danny Butts and Dave. Gents, thanks so much for letting me interlude here. Sorry if you can't be there this week, but I will bring you guys back in, and the next voices you will hear will be their voices in five, four, three, two, one. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> See you guys. White facts. Before we move on, can I? Um, I want to end this on a slightly funnier note. This game, um, I only saw it in replay. I didn't pick it up at the time, but about half an hour in, yeah, you know Risden ended up with that facial knock and that headband wrapped around his head. Yeah, yeah. that was well, good. What, yeah. When he did that, I don't know who went in with the tackle with him and, and copped an elbow or something. I, I didn't know the incident, but the first person to notice that he was bleeding was Lascano. And it was right after the incident happened, he started bleeding straight away. And Lascano, innocent, because he seems like, I called this segment, nice guys finish last. Lascano walks up to him and points. And Riston, fired up from the tackle, bats his hand out the way, gives Lascano a shove, and then, like, shirt fronts him. And Lascano's, like, walking up to him, like, dude, your face is, like, purely, like, concerned for his welfare, pointing at him. Because he's a big, tall bloke with a big, long arm pointing one finger at Riston's face, Riston's natural <laughs> fight or flight is like, it's on. I've just been hit in a tackle. I'm going to get him. Lascano's like, Lascano's like you're bleeding, man. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you bleed on me. So that was just, Speaking I only caught it in a replay. It was so funny. Speaking of uh, making opposition players bleed, that's a really nice segue into... Um, 
my favourite time we ever played Perth Glory is in that grand final. We made Shane Smelt's face bleed. Speaking of Perth mm-hmm. Glory, we played them this week. Uh, up at the local newspaper stadium on Saturday the 18th of December at 6.45pm. It is the second of a doubleheader uh, evening at uh, at the local newspaper stadium. And yes, I'm going to call it that forevermore now. Um, Perth Glory do sit in eighth place, as we mentioned earlier, with one win, a draw, two losses, four goals, three victory uh so four goals for three goals against four points on the board they are coming off a one nil loss to melbourne city over the weekend i was going to be able to handle the two and a half hour flight and the one hour bus ride up to local newspaper stadium this week i'm 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 just uh i'm just excited to uh have daniel sturridge in town if he decides that playing a game is more important than getting a haircut We should send you a message saying, hey, we've got some barbers up here as well. You should try them. Take some photos <laughs> of barber shops and post them on his Insta. <laughs> only, only Redcliffe ones, though. <laughs> not, not, yeah, nothing in Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, no, we should send him a few from the Gold Coast as well. Thanks to strippers and stuff like that. He'll, he'll love it. He'll go there for sure. I wonder if there's like a combination strippers and barber shop. Potentially. I mean... That'd be the best of both worlds, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, still look, still, I can't. Look, <laughs> I can't sit still. <laughs> I, I, honestly, though, you, you look at because Perth Glory are a little bit, you know, you know, I would say they're towards the bottom of the league as far as their, you know, back two thirds and um, uh, and keeper, but you know, it's certainly. Um, I would say that their attack is one of the best in the league. And if they get any service at all, then we are fucked. Yeah, I don't think they've got some good young players, Perth. I don't know where they find them all, but they have a lot of good young players coming through that, yeah, causes trouble. Yeah. And yeah, (laughs) you you look at the young talent sprinkled in a team like Perth Glory and you compare it to our young talent, and it's like. Um, so benching all our young talent, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you look at um, with MPL players. His name, um, Gilroy. We had him briefly last year. I think it was on injury cover at the time. He played one game, maybe two games. Um, he's gone to Perth. He's tearing up. He's just lighting the league up in terms of his mm. his play. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he already knew Jesse Daly. Jesse Daly was his. I suppose the, the 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 contact point that brought him to our attention in the first place. He played with him up in Seattle, <clears throat> so yeah. I, I, yeah I, why why didn't we give him a proper look? Um, maybe we did, but I feel like that's an opportunity missed. He's he's started this season on fire. That kid, really Jack Clubb is um... now a striker apparently. <laughs> Speaking of like short term cover, did we ever get to the bottom of why we hired a third goalkeeper for a month? It's in giggles. I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be gone soon, right? Like his time's nearly up. Well, what, what would we do that for? Yeah, well, do we, have, do we haven't even rested free. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe, who knows? Maybe he'll get a run in the FFA Cup. Um, just in, in case you're you're interested, I've done a quick search on uh, on Redcliffe um, barbers for Sturridge, just to kind of give him a. There's there's a few barbers actually um, uh, on just near Redcliffe Beach. There's um. Men's, men's hairstylist. I think he'd, he'd probably do a good job there. 
I think uh, yeah. Ken cracking uh, does a cracking haircut. Uh, Shogun Barbershop, I'm just around the corner from them, so you know, nice. they, they they've got a picture of a line in in like uh, the front of their shop, a picture of a line in like uh, a Shogun Warrior sort of headdress. It's pretty um. Neat. Nice. Um, Evocative. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it's called it's called Shogun Barbershop. So yeah, that makes makes sense. What would have that? Um, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, um, Haley's Women's and Men's Hair Studio. I'm sure you do a lovely job on, on Daniel's head. So um, Daniel the, definitely definitely classifies like he fits the classification of men or women. Yes, he does. But, but... He's and he could be either or. Who knows? So I'm not going to judge. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen him. I can't tell you. If he. <laughs> If he, if he's not a big fan of going to to the beach though for a haircut, if he wants to stay a bit closer to Elaine, you know, so he doesn't get the the salty salty air in his uh, in his in his do, he can um, maybe go to Peninsula Fair Shopping Centre and uh, you know, spend a buzz styling or barber shop. Those or the barbers den. There's a few places there. I'm sure he'd be able to find somewhere that could that could you know tidy up his his uh his his his, his um bonds. Pretty quickly and easily, so good luck to Sturridge in regards to that. He'll be he'll be needing that, given he'll probably be sitting in the stands again, watching from uh, from up the top, maybe from maybe from the uh, the league club. I, I like that. to think we've just set a precedent for like all podcasts that whenever Perth are visiting, they have to designate a whole segment to local barbers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we've got we found some of the best in Redcliffe, mate. Just purely off if, off, if you're, off a quick search. If, if you're on any of the other local A-League pods and you're listening to this, get on it. We've got a responsibility, Daniel. Send a message in the group chat. It's a... <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tweet him with I'll tweet him with the best one. So, yeah. Can you t- can you tweet like Jetstream and and for, yeah, for sure? And, I, I, yeah, I really get think all, get everyone on board. I really think he'll be right up for Shogun Barbershop, Redcliffe, just purely on the logo at the front. It's um. Like I said, a line in Shogun Warrior headdress. That's, mate. It's 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 probably the most Brisbane Roar sort of um, barbershop logo you could ever hope for. It's got little scalpels kind of coming out the side. It's fucking awesome. I'm gonna put it in the in the in the Discord chat for you guys so you can enjoy it as much as I am. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's incredible. Logo for the episode. <laughs> Shogun Warrior, uh, barbershop. Um, Move on from there. In, in terms of, um, we don't know. We're, we're going to, we may well have a show next week. We may not. So I'm just going to quickly touch on the fact we've got a couple of games between now or between that game and, and just after Christmas. Just after Christmas on the 27th, uh, we do play Melbourne City back uh, here at the local newspaper stadium. Um, uh, 5:15 on Monday the 27th. That is a public holiday, so don't stress little heads about it being on a Monday, you will be able to go unless you are unfortunate enough to work in retail. You're probably going to be working that day anyway. Um, so apologies for, for that. But um, yeah, <laughs> Brisbane, Melbourne City, uh, we'll give it a proper review if we do do one next week. Um, other than that, we do play in between all of this on the 22nd, way to Sydney FC. On Wednesday, the 22nd of December, 6.30pm in a quarterfinal of the FFA Cup in the Strata Jubilee Stadium. Uh, Sydney got through to this match by beating MacArthur 2-0 um, in extra time. Um, Donks with a goal and uh, Vander, whatever his face is, um, a bit later on in the second half there. They've, they've, uh, been oddly, they've been oddly bad this season and I've been enjoying it. 
has been quite enjoyable, but doesn't really help that we're oddly bad as well. So uh, we're not yeah, oddly yeah. bad though. We're just bad. We're just bad. And we know why. Yeah, we 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 we're very aware of why, and uh, that it that is very uh, much in keeping with the trend. Uh, whereas Sydney, you know, uh, not quite so much. Uh, Bratton obviously a big loss for them. He he really controlled that midfield, uh, and he'd be out for I think he's out for the season if I'm not wrong. Yep. But um, but do you, do you see us? I suppose with the former Sydney and our form, do you see us with a chance of you know making a semi final in the FFA Cup, or is it really just we we're, we're that bad? We're not even going to beat the worst team. That's not us. Um, look, we're we're pretty bad. Um. But because it's the FFA Cup, they also might just decide to take their foot off the pedal and not care, and that might give us enough of a chance to maybe jag it. Um, but look, you know, it, the the prospect of us winning any game at the moment seems a little far-fetched. So. We do have one more day preparation, um, and... One more day preparation for the game after the FA Cup, so they they may see it as an opportunity to play some younger players, just because of that turnaround. Um, it's unlikely, yeah. it's not a major issue, but that that's about all we can really hold our hat on, I think, for that one. Um, Actually, I think Mooney's onto something here. We've got like the most depth in the league. If you think of all the players that we signed that haven't really played yet, <laughs> we've got huge depth. Just biding our time to unleash the beasts. Yeah, the, the many we beasts be that we Jesse Lofthouse as a striker. We didn't even mention him before. He had a cute little cameo. Yeah, he not make the player. For us. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, hit that was the highlight highlight of yeah. the game. Yeah. You're right. All right. We've got a whole batch of players that could come in there if we need some <laughs> fresh <that> legs. <laughs> let's move on to the uh, let's move on to the the dub side, the A League women's side, and of course uh, their game against Perth Glory, the return leg. Uh, as we mentioned last week, was moved to Perry Park. It was Brisbane Roar nil, Perth Glory one. Anna Jansevich, uh, Jansevsky, sorry, um, and I probably butchered that name. Uh, apologies to anybody with a, a quicker tongue than I in that, in that regards. But um, Alana in the 86th minute, uh, in front of 2,239 people. Bookings to Larissa Crummer in the 11th minute, and Sarah Kane for a fairly blatant takedown in the 74th minute for Perth. Uh, a debut, and I'm going to do my best price impersonation here, a debut for Naya uh, Stamatopoulos, who I actually thought was quite good in the middle of the park. I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot more of her. No, you didn't see too much of this. You did see the, uh, the, the mini-match, at the very least. I was at the game. What were, your, uh, what were your thoughts of what you did get a chance to see? Um, yeah, I, I saw most of it, actually. I, I probably missed the, the start of the second half, and then the mini picked up the gaps of it. Um, compared to last week, I thought Perth were uh, in more control. Last week, I felt we pretty much dominated, and they, they blitzed us at the end, um, whereas this week, we struggled to really link up and keep the ball in the first half, especially. Uh, we had a bit of a run at them in the back end of the first half, uh, and then they owned a bit more at the start of the second and we came home um, probably stronger, but then there was the goal, which kind of went against the runner play. At least that's how I saw it. Um, yeah, yeah it's it's hard. The team is like being put together and we still look like we're gelling. It's unlike the men's team where they just don't have a plan, whereas these girls look like they have 
ideas they're just starting to gel together yeah i don't disagree there's there's a lot more um uh, over in this particular side to the men's side so you would expect some level of um disjointedness but with that said this team was uh, this is our, our best performing team. I know the points on the board say different, technically, but this team is our best performing side. They um, they do move the ball better. The that I think we had in this game is that Perth really lacked their defence. They basically set two banks of, uh, let's say two banks of four, um, uh, even, even a bank of five, a bank of four, and then a player up top. But effectively, they played a tight, you know, narrow uh, defence, really, and um, and tried to hit on the counter where they possibly could, and Brisbane were just struggling to break that down to find those spaces. Mm. They were super nice, Perth. Um, I think this was probably the lessons that we probably didn't learn from the previous game was how to break that down because Perth basically did in the first game just not as well as they did in the second the second game they did it better um the first game had a bit more space basically we lost that first game it was two points so three points dropped not you know not um perth picking up three points but this game perth came there to frustrate Perth came to stop opportunities and you can see through the opportunities that we did have being quite far between in terms of clear-cut chances um did very well in doing that. In terms of the actual game itself, in terms of, I suppose, uh, the attacking threats that Perth did have, Lisa Devanna was obviously the main attacking threat. She did have to go off in the first half, towards the end of the first half, after doing a hamstring. And um, anyone that was at the game, especially in the raw core, uh, will know that this is entirely Rick's fault. He did say, as she was running... She's about to do a hammy. And within <laughs> a second, Lisa Devanna went to ground. The insane, it was like he was just like he had a controller to her to her hamstrings and just said, ping, done. Um it was it was it was uh yeah, a bit odd. But um I felt bad laughing because it's not it's not something to laugh about. Lisa Devanna doesn't deserve to be laughed at for having an injury and she actually Obviously, would be probably re- reconsidering kind of how she plays, maybe a little bit because this is two times in two weeks you have to go off injured. But, but yeah, it's just a bit unusual that Rick's happened to call it at the time. Um, and I'll, I won't kind of run this past Ben because Ben has said hasn't seen it, but Dan, you certainly saw this part. Already shout in the first in the second half. Is it a pen? Yeah, I, it it looked like it. Um... I didn't see it live um, that I caught on the mini. That was the, the window of time that I missed. But um, maybe it's a case. I can't tell if it's a case of rewatch. Like I've rewatched it over and over. Just rewind just to get a good view on it. And it's one of those, if you rewatch it and watch it in slow-mo, does it look it's worse? worse. Yeah. But in live play even, like I picked it up. It, it looks like there was, it was a shoulder to shoulder. The defender thought it was shoulder to shoulder, but she didn't quite land her tackle and she ends up just sort of lunging with her arm out with no play at the ball and um yeah, yeah uh, i can't remember who it was against if it was um crummer or or someone but she it was just against couldn't Hecker. keep her it was against definitely Hecker. Against Hecker. She, yeah 
she just couldn't keep her feet. So she like got pushed and took like one step and then just couldn't course correct to, to get back on the ball. So as far as I'm concerned, that's a clear pen. You can't play at the player without playing at the ball with your feet. And that's definitely how that one went down. So I, yeah. I feel like that's a refing mistake, to be honest. Yeah, that's 100% a foul in my eyes. And uh, obviously, I'm fortunate because it would have been a... Um, in a VAR world, that would have been pulled up, I think. But at the same time, yeah. we don't yeah. necessarily want VAR in the dub. If we can help it, I think it's it's better for it. But um, it certainly was a penalty, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, which takes us on to the goal. Now, as I said, um, uh, Janczewski oh. is basically the ball's coming off a corner. We've cleared it out, but it's gone straight to Janczewski at the top of the box. To be fair, he's hit it pretty sweetly, but she's kicked it into the ground to kind of get that loop off the uh, off the short bounce. Unfortunately, Hecker has kind of moved herself in the way and it's caught her leg on the way through and just put even more loop in on it and, and kind of looped in over, up and over uh, Georgie Worth. <sighs> Bit of an unfortunate goal. What was your, um, your take on it? Yeah. Georgie Worth has got to be just feeling like, like what, what have I done wrong to just make the world smite me over walk the last under fortnight. a ladder yeah, yeah. <laughs> black cat like last week i think she probably made that mistake but the the lay of the ground wasn't perfect i think it did move a bit yeah keeper should grab it but it wasn't perfect conditions a lot of pressure and then here like there was nothing she could do she actually in my eyes really played well in the first half when we're under a bit of pressure there's a few really good saves um so she probably was starting to feel good for herself but even though everyone will tell you that's not her fault, as a goalkeeper, you would be upset at not being sure. able to punch that out. And it's unfortunate. It's it's a you know Perth done the right thing when it's a corner and there's a lot of people in the box. Sometimes you just got to have a hit because that sort of thing happens. And Number of chances they had in that game us. that was 100 percent agree. They they had to have a shot when they were there. Um, I'll just I'll come to it. We had a listener question in regards to this game, uh, which I'll come to shortly. But just to wrap it up, we are in ninth place, um, just ahead of Canberra on well, alphabetical order at the moment, really, because everything else is the same. <laughs> Played two, lost two, goal four, three goals against, um, naught points. Um, listener question before we get into next week, and we'll bring Ben back into this because this is something that you yeah. could probably have your opinion on too. Um, Jim Maloney on Twitter. Um, should our A-League women's side play all their home games as standalone fixtures and or at Prairie Park? Um, thoughts? Um, I certainly agree with uh, playing as much as possible at Perry because, uh, you know, it's a you know great venue for the dub, perfectly sized, um, central location, you know, not out at Redcliffe or fucking... Lions, which yeah, in Brisbane, can be crazy, a, you know, can be a bit of a barrier for people attending. Um, but yeah, I, I certainly think that, um, yeah, I certainly think that that's a you know, uh, a, a good idea because you know, really, like it is a fantastic product, we want to see as much of it as we possibly can, and um, that's going to give the most people the most opportunity to do that. So yeah, I, I, I certainly think that we should be endeavouring to not only, you know, play standalones uh, for the A-League women's, but uh, certainly to uh, have them all as standalones. I'm not a big 
doubleheader fan other than the fact that it might put a few eyeballs on it um, that may not have otherwise uh, been on it. Um, yeah. I think it would have to be a standalone if it's at Perry Park. I don't see them playing the men's games at Perry Park. No, um, no, no. Anyway, yeah. not that I would object Too to far it, from because... all those Redcliffe barbers. Storage wouldn't come. It's <laughs> a fine yeah. storage and new barber. Um, and what were you, what was your thoughts on this? Do you think that um, do you think the A League uh, women's side would benefit from having a single venue as their home venue as opposed to the tent, the the moving sort of home venue have? Yeah, I do. I think having a home identity is key. Uh, I think it's something yeah, the A League men's side has struggled with. We've never. Some corp and the moving and not knowing how long it'd be at Redcliffe and are we in Brisbane? Are we in Redcliffe? Um, Does it need to be the same venue as the men's side at all? No, no. It just—I just mean it needs to be a consistent place. And I, I'm seeing the same problem with the women's. We're at Gold Coast now. We're in Barry Park, and it's like, well, look, the girls just want a place that's home, right? And that's the only way to to secure that is just pick one and stick with it. And I know that it's all about oh, we're trying to get football to. To different places, but that needs to be the exception. Get let's get our home base first, set up the best environment for them, get them used to it. Conditions, yep. the transit, create all the peripheral stuff as samey as possible, and then the girls can focus on their football. I tend to agree. I I do think if in, in a in a magical world in the future, if we ever have a home venue of our own, a place that we can say is Brisbane Raw's home venue, mm. um, we'd be able to have all senior teams housed out of that location. So let's just call it, you know, stadium or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. But let's say they had this stadium of their mm. own. Yeah, you have your have your men's team and your women's team playing out of that venue. At that venue, you make it proper. You know, everything in the clubhouses, in the change rooms, you know, it's familiar. It's, you know, uh, you know all our histories and there. You can, you can kind of load that up. But that's a long way away and probably... In a long way away, we're probably talking decades. If if that, um, we all know that we're not going to start the backridge right here, Ben. But uh, but uh, we all know <laughs> they're unlikely to invest heavily in the, in the side in that regards. Um, really shocking. I tend to agree. I tend to agree that a home venue that they can call their own, um, whether that means they're standalone fixtures or otherwise, I would I would prefer standalone. But at Perry Park, it makes sense. Um, for all the reasons mentioned above. On to the, uh, on to the next games coming up, though. Brisbane Raw do host uh, Melbourne Victory, not at Perry Park, but at the local newspaper stadium. 4.05pm uh, uh, on Saturday the 18th of December it is the first of the two double games um, of the day. Uh, of course, Melbourne Victory come into this one uh, top of the league. Uh, two wins from two games, uh, seven goals for, two goals against. Six points on the board. And... Going to be tough? Yeah, going to be rough. Uh, I can't really see how this is going to work for us, but, you know, stranger things have happened. It's it's a concern. Um, (laughs) Of course, Vitry have just come off uh, beating Melbourne City... 2-1 2-1 after, uh, after scoring an own goal. In fact, Amy Jackson was all over their game. Amy Jackson scored the own goal at the start for Melbourne City um, against uh, 
Australian club. And uh, after Melbourne Victory scored two quick goals to to bring themselves ahead, Amy Jacklin got sent off right at the very end of the game. So um, yeah. at least we won't have to worry about uh, Jackson uh, kind of doing any sort of business in the back line for, for Victory, but you'd imagine they've got the depth to cover against that, Ben. Speaking of Amy's, just for a sec, um, Amy's and off the park, how good is it having Amy Chapman involved in the coverage? Uh, it's f- fucking fantastic. Uh, actually having a Brisbane commentator that cares about Brisbane, I mean, you know, it's a weird thought, but, um, yeah, um, she's, uh, yeah, just need need more of her. Need her to be the featured commentator in the, you know, for the men's games as well, I think. Yeah, she knows her stuff. She's actually on the A-League's pod with um, Garvey and Robbie Cornthwaite, and oh, she's right. fantastic listening to her and that as well. Like she she sidelined commentator last year during the Fox coverage. Yeah, she was the one person up here. So it's, it's excellent to see that she's, um, she's commentating. She is, like I said, doing the podcast. It's great to have that local point and someone that knows this game as well like she's she knows what she's talking about um they've actually so all this stuff we're talking about with fixtures and moving around the home ground and that like she's been living that she knows it's just good to hear her talking about it and it's just nice to have extra voices that aren't just the same bunch of mates percent <laughs> yes. um, um, just to jump back to that victory game guys what were your thoughts yeah ben Oh, look, I'm, uh, you know, not particularly optimistic about it, but look, it's it's really been a bit of a, you know, been a bit of a rough trot so far this season. I, you know, really the only way is up um, for, for the women's because, uh, you know, they actually look like a, you know, most of the time they look like a functioning team. Like, the, it's not like the... Not like the men's where they just look like a rabble. Like they do. Like they were certainly in the away game uh, and probably should have won that one. And um, yeah, I think it's definitely just uh, a bit of a matter of time for them. Um, whereas, yeah, the men far less optimistic. It's uh. Let's briefly touch on the games ahead as well. Um, I mentioned beforehand, of course, that we may not may or may not be around uh, next week. Well, we'll see what happens there. But we do after we play Victory, we do go to Canberra, uh, down to Viking Park to play uh, against Canberra United, who have also had a pretty ordinary start to their season. They're also um, down the bottom with us. Um, maybe we'll get into it a bit more next week, but um, I throw out there, I'd love to do a Canberra away trip. I think that would be a fantastic. Way day, just something Absolutely. unique, something different. But, um, we should maybe line that up. Club championship, we're still last with our one point. It's there. there you go. Yay. It's <laughs> nothing really to say, really. I'm um, not going to win that trophy. No. Oh, fuck no. Um, let's get on to some news now. Now, we already touched on the FFA Cup. It was a bit earlier on today. Coming out today, Silver Lake has invested in the APL um, with a main view to drive technological enhancements for the leagues. I believe that they've invested a hundred million. Does that sound familiar? 140? Something like that. 
Yeah, they've they've taken out a they've included a pretty reasonable stake in in, in the APL with it. Uh, I think it valued the the competition at about four hundred and sixty odd million altogether on um, what their stake is and the investment. But um, yeah, they've also obviously also got a spot on the board there. Uh, the stuff that came out today was kind of around what that money is going to be used to help develop and push on and national second division was high up on that list um and uh women's ffa cup which two excellent really i'm sure you'll all agree i'm going to quickly just throw it out there though very just as a quick i suppose uh, alternative point i think it would be more important to get the up to a home and away season before we start giving a getting an ffa cup sorted out for the dub uh or do you think yeah. it could be done simultaneously here? I, th- I, th- I think simultaneously, but, you know, yeah, proper home and away season is obviously going to be a, you know, bigger property. Um, but will it be? <laughs> we'll see. You know, we'll see. Uh, and your thoughts on, uh, is this the right way to go about kind of creating a, a second division, kind of get that investment from where to... The view to kind of prop up the the early goings of a new league. Yeah, it's I'm not as yeah here we go. I'm I'm not as invested in a second division um, as everyone else. I think we need to focus on getting the A League teams up to the right number of teams first. I think trying to I think the investment in a second division will cost more than helping establish A League teams because they'll have to buy in themselves essentially. So, um, uh, do you think, think maybe we the need second to... division can be used to to bring clubs up? Maybe you don't have relegation from the A League men's until uh, you get to. I don't team. because I don't. I don't because I don't think the meritocracy of promoting out of second division guarantees financial stability at being a day league level. Um, you know, you can argue that Macarthur and Western United aren't financial savvy either. I don't know, but. At the very least, they made a case that they could be financially secure in the A League, and I think we need to forge on with that mentality first and get us up to our fourteen or sixteen or whatever our end target is for the A League. So, look, we, we've got money. If we can make preliminary roadmap to get us to a second division, I'm all for it. But I, I don't want to. I, I just, I just think it's premature to be talking second division while the A League's not even. Well, the A League men's sorry is not even the full competition that it needs to be. Two two things I'll quickly touch on that, and I understand yeah that completely. You want to make sure that the top division is as strong as you can be before you you start building on you know uh, building around that. Um, I think that it can work together. The first thing I'll quickly say is about the the, the strength of I suppose the finances. We obviously don't have to worry about that at Brisbane because Brisbane's clearly not spending enough money on uh, on wages to to worry their bottom line, so we don't have to worry about um, Brisbane going under anytime soon. But um, but in terms of the in terms of um, second division, we saw it in Japan. Um, they I mentioned beforehand about second division as a promotion tool to build up that top division. So you could bring in, uh, let's say you have a league of, I don't know, 12 teams, argument's sake, in the in a second division. You promote one team up to the to the A, or two teams up to the A-League men's um, division, um, but with the caveat that they have to meet certain financial... And I believe that's something that they have in the J-League, where 
actually, I think in most leagues, to be honest, but um, it's something you have in the J League to ensure that teams that are successful in getting promoted um, can afford to do so. Um, and if for whatever reason they can't, if that third place team can, then congratulations, they get bumped up based on based yeah, on and, criteria. And, and and the other thing that you could do is something you know we've discussed uh, here before um, is uh, to go about it in a similar way to what they do in Argentina and Brazil and take it on you know two or three seasons worth of results. Yeah. You know, if you basically if you you know, uh, you know, consistently good in the second division. Like you know, you know, let's say you win the competition a couple of times in a row or something like that. Um, or if you then, um, you know, uh, yeah. So if you win the competition a couple of times in a row, conversely, if you you know uh, finish bottom or second bottom of the A League a couple of seasons in a row, then you go for relegation. You know. Um, I certainly don't think you could have just a standard, you know, pro-rel from the start. I think there'd have to be some protections involved to some degree, um, and then you could let it start, start to run a bit more naturally. But, yeah, certainly think it could, you know, work in the in the first couple of years just as a beta pool for the, uh, you know, who gets A-League licences. The idea of a two-year sort of lead-in, especially for the first couple of years of a of a second division, give them a chance to establish themselves, a fan yeah. base, establish their operating costs, the what to expect going forward. So you don't have a club at the very start of their process have one year in the um in the second division, jag themselves up into the top division within one year. They they get that opportunity to to roots and grow as well. So I think that's probably a wise way to go about it. Um, Actually, I feel like I should um, throw my boot in for the the listeners and the audience here. Um, I know a common recurring theme of what we can spend $140 million on, the um, Paramount <laughs> Plus service and quality of the app and the web thing and the Chromecasting and I getting need, a rewind need, button. I need more money for them. Enough money for it. Just throwing that out there because I know everyone wants more investment. <laughs> no, 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 that Danny, what, what, what we should, what we should really be spending 140 million dollars on is uh, getting a club song that we can all uh, agree on. <laughs> uh, I told shit. you, it's a, it's a, it's a mashup of "You'll Never Walk Alone," "You're the Voice." And Powderfingers, my happiness. It's just a mashup. Yeah. What happened to who? Who went? Who went to the game the other week? Did they play "You're the Voice"? They did. Yeah. Or is that got? They did. So it's still a thing. Uh, I believe so. At the time, I was too busy not trying to try not to choke on the smoke that was just sitting over the top of the deck. There was zero wind, and they decided to let off the smoke. Things. It's like fuck. Hey, 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 hey Dave. You know, uh, I, I've just thought of how that might sound. You know. You're the voice, try and understand it. You're the voice, you're the voice. <laughs> try and understand walk on, it. Walk on, voice in your heart. <laughs> and you'll never find your happiness. You'll never find your happiness. Um, <laughs> let's uh, almost as good as Katy Perry. 
Mate, I'm better than Katy Perry. Don't worry about that. Hey, we got some good bad uglies. We threw the word out today, and we got a few. Actually, we got a ton of responses on the Facebook page, uh, so on the Raw Rum supporters group page. So I don't know if either of you guys got that stuff. Yep, What have you got? What, where, where do you want to start, Ben? Which which uh, sort of channel do you have in front of you? <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll have the club in front of me. What about? I'll, I've got the Twitter. I'll. I'll um... Might smash through all of these. I think we should just because we've got so many, we'll just kind of take a couple. But um, yeah. I'll quickly give you a couple from from Twitter just to start us off. Durga, g'day Durga, here you go, mate. Um, uh, Durga on comes up with good Parsons back. We didn't even mention that early on. <laughs> Alex Parsons is back on the pitch. Bad and ugly. Everything else. Um, I'm assuming Durga's got the question mark there because he was on the sideline and couldn't see anything from the sideline given it's at Geelong. Um, ben, what do you got, mate? Uh, let, let, let me just go a couple in a row. Um, Keithy. Hello, Keithy. Good. I haven't been to a game. Bad. I watch the games on TV. Ugly. I watch the replays. <laughs> um, He's just done what, and... he done what Dan did with the, um, with the men's game there. <laughs> He's into <laughs> all twice. Very good. Um, Angus Morrissey. Good. From what I've heard, Paramount Plus has stopped a lot of people seeing how bad we are. <laughs> bad. What is happening each weekend on the big green thing? Ugly. There's absolutely nothing to suggest things will improve. Um, and then just a... Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just go through all of mine because there's... Not too many more. Uh, Brendan Westling, the easier, good. The easing of border restrictions that makes it easier for the teams to travel interstate. Bad four weeks in and no win on either side of the coin. Ugly, the direction this season overall is going if fortunes don't change in quickly. <laughs> and then uh, just one very... Before you, yeah, do, yeah, do one more out of the characters. Yeah, two very, very brief ones that aren't really a full good, bad, ugly. But um, Stuart Taylor, good. Warren Moon's press conference, powerfully honest and insightful. Um, and then John Quinn, and this is the one I kind of just wanted to get a quick reaction from you boys on. The ugly is how some supporters have no faith in the team's talent. They should have more patience. <laughs> it's funny, Ben, you, you missed it, but I literally <laughs> led this podcast with a disclaimer, just because we're critiquing the team does not mean we hate the team. <laughs> 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 I, I, I really hope yeah, I've already answered that one. Go back and listen to the start. I really hope John listens to this podcast because, uh, yeah, I, he's exactly the sort of audience that we need to hear this 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 show. Uh, Wally Broon now uh, always puts one out there, so thanks, Wally. Um, good, disgusted out, only lost by one. Very optimistic view of the situation in both cases. Uh, Midfield still looks lost. Akbari needs to be defensive mid. Forwards non-existent. Ugly Western fans using the Den songbook. Um, <laughs> Simon Grant uh, said, "Good, Kai Truen. Enough. Uh, bad. All players except for Kai seem aimless and don't know what to do, which is accurate. And ugly Alex Parsons fallout with Moon. Well, you got I me. Mean, you got a game today at this time, so maybe not a massive fall. Yeah. Maybe maybe Moon just realised that he needs him still. Uh, oh, Nick Webster has come up with good. Appreciated Luke's effort again. I'm assuming he talks about Ivanovic. Bad defensive shape, which flies in the face of Simon's earlier comment about Tri- Kai Truen. Um, 
get your acts together, guys. We need a unanimous message here. Um, ugly... Pistols adorn you guys. Sort this shit out. <laughs> ugly. Risen Cross nearly ended up in goal, I think, sums up our season. Um, yeah, that's yep. pretty much... Uh... That much covers everything off there. That was a good bad ugly. There were a couple others in there. Sorry if we didn't get a chance to say it. There are so many we just don't have time to do. Uh, can, uh, can I throw in an ugly? Okay, yeah. From, from Dan, Dan, Danny Butts. Danny After Butts. Uh, Western United scored in in A League Men's, um, there was a panning shot of the reaction of our players, and of the seven players standing around in the box, none of them, which decided to actually mark kind of pain, um, three of them had their heads down, like ashamed and the other three were all doing that arms out shoulders shrugged neck jutting out yelling at each other over like who was supposed to deal with that problem and it's ugly because it just shows that we don't have ideas and it's kind of as a really i should screen grab it because it's such a good shot to explain just the sort of where heads at the state of our team is at the moment and the mentality among the players it when you're doing well you don't do things like that when the opposition scores you pat each other on the back and you go again and when you're struggling and you're getting fed up and you don't trust one another that well that that's when you see scenes like that so a bit ugly really absolutely i i, I did want to add one more just um because <laughs> you know luke neville's put a lot of uh, energy into this one um Good. We do have some high-energy players starting with us this season. Yeah, high-energy is certainly an assessment you can make. Uh, bad. We're yet to see some of these new players do anything really exciting. There was a lot of hype about Lascano, but his talent is yet to shine. And then Ugly, we lost two of our best players to a rival club, set some, set some international players up for success with no hope of signing them, Riku. And why the hell is Alex Parsons not getting game time? And then a little bit of more. But, yeah, just wanted to uh, yeah give that one a shout-out as well. I'm so glad everyone's rallying behind the Parsons thing because I've been on that train for so long now. I was getting sick of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's move away from the disappointment of the games that we had this week and move on to the positive uplift that is tipping. Back to the tipping, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. It's, um, we'll give us a bit of an update as to where everyone is currently at the moment. We'll, we'll, say, we'll start with positivity. We'll start with the bottom of the group. And unfortunately, Yeshiba has lost his equal bottom space to the listeners. He is on eight points. He is, um, although Yoshiba has managed to to pick up a point every single round, so he's never gotten a donut like yours truly did last week. And <laughs> yes, I did hear you banging on about that. Um, the listeners on nine points, you guys have also managed to jag your way through the opening rounds without missing one game. Getting one game, I should say. Uh, but you're on nine points. Then there's a bit of a gap forming from there. Dan, you're uh, you're on 12 points. I'm on 13. As I kind of pulled away from the bottom of the guys there and joined the joined the middle of the pack. Um, Rick and Ben, both on 15. But Price is still on top with 17 points. So starting to warm up in the A-League tipping, which is always fun to see. Guys, we... Um, we have one less game in the dub to, to do this week because the Perth game predictably uh, postponed because Perth players can't get back home um, thanks to the border closures. So let's start with the dub in the games that are remaining. And we're going to start with uh, on this one. I'm just going to make sure I get my... There we go. 
Tip for New, uh, New South Wales. That's a fucking stupid name for a team. Go a tip for Western Sydney Wanderers versus Newcastle, please, good sir. Ah, well, uh, I'm going to go with a draw with that one, please. Draw. Excellente. Dan, you get the excellent game of Melbourne City versus Adelaide. Melbourne City. Melbourne City for you. Uh, I shall be tipping Brisbane versus Melbourne victory, and because I, I back our girls 100% of the way every single time, I am backing Melbourne City in this game. Of tipping Sydney FC versus Wellington on the Sunday afternoon. Would you be tipping for that game, sir? Uh, oh, God, Sydney FC. Yeah, pretty hard to tip against them, to be honest. Um, right, into the A-League men's, and we have uh, Western United hosting Adelaide United in the Battle of the Uniteds. So you're up for this one. Who are you tipping for Western United versus Adelaide? Adelaide. A brave man, but fair enough. Away from home, <laughs> maybe. maybe it's Wanderers all time, and I am tipping Central Coast Mariners because garbage. Melbourne City versus two. Um, Melbourne City versus I'm going to go Mel- with uh, City, please. Ooh, tipping against Popovich. <laughs> Dan, you have Brisbane versus Perth at local newspaper stadium. Who are you sure you have that one? I'm going to say a win for Brisbane Raw. Oh, there goes our, there goes our charity bet. We, we get the four, <laughs> four wins <laughs> somehow. <laughs> if we clearly hate four. charity. MacArthur. <laughs> <laughs> Hosting Newcastle United. This would be a cracking game because Newcastle is actually playing incredibly good football, and MacArthur uh, are just a fucking shit stain of a team that just happened to get the job done at the top. I think this is going to be a draw. It'll be a tight contest. However, however, FC... however, Dave. However, Dave. Did, did you see today's Newcastle Jets-related news? That one of their players tested positive for COVID. Oh, sorry. Yes, I did see that. So that game may or may not even happen. We'll have to find out. Yeah. Um, yes. I, but it, at the same time, that game could also get moved to Newcastle because MacArthur can't host games typically. So what can happen yeah. there? Sydney versus Wellington is the final game of the round. Ben, this is yours to tip. Who shall you be tipping in that one? I'm going to tip Wellington, please. So, just to cover off the tips, for the double, start down there, draw between Western City and Newcastle, Melbourne City over Adelaide, Melbourne victory over Brisbane, Sydney FC over Wellington, and in the Ute League, we have Western, uh, so Adelaide over Western United, Central Coast to beat uh, Western Sydney, Melbourne City to win the derby against victory, Brisbane to beat Perth, uh, a draw between MacArthur and Newcastle, and Sydney uh, so Wellington to defeat Sydney is it for the show this week. Uh, of course, if you want to get in touch, we are available on all the socials, uh, facebook.com slash the rawcast at the rawcast on Twitter. Of course, all of our shows are lo- uploaded to anchor.fm slash the rawcast where you can um, listen to the shows, download the shows from there, or you can get us on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple podcasts, Spotify, pa- uh, Google podcasts, pocket Casts, and anywhere other good or shithouse or, or, Podcasting platforms can be found. That's it from me, guys. Uh, anything else that you guys wanted to add for the show? 
No, that's... Uh, <laughs> I think we've talked far too long about this shit fucking club. Fuck, I know. All right, guys. Can only get better. <laughs> Things can only get better. We've already Quick, had some mash up, start of the mash show. Mash up with your other voice. <laughs> <laughs> your... The voice trying to understand can you mash up four songs at once like we had before? That'd be uh, incredible. All right, guys. Thanks uh, very much, uh, Danny Butts. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ben Clark. Thank you, Dave. And uh, so I've been Dave Stewart. Thank you very much, listener, for joining us on this one. Have a great day, evening, morning, whatever it is. Catch you later. Bye. Love you. Love you.